This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. Geek Gab for Saturday, March 6, 2021. Believe it or not, that long gap was not me trying to remember the year. It was me contemplating how far we've come. I'm not kidding. Uh, how was your week? My week has been phenomenal. Uh, including some stuff that I shouldn't say publicly until uh, until truth comes out. But things are looking up in my personal life and professional life. And what can I say? Uh even even my gaming life is getting a little more interesting. Um, I think it's safe to say that the uh, classic traveler experiment has concluded. Do you want to? Do you want me to talk a little bit about that? I'd love to hear this. Uh, well, I can give my opinion. It's very short, but you go first. All right, because my opinion is going to be a lot longer. Um, hey, everybody in chat. Yes, we're going to be talking about RPGs because that's what we do here. And yeah, Brian was fielding a theological question before the show. Um, Classic Traveler, we've been playing that for a few months now, once a week, as best as we can. And there were a lot of things that we liked and a lot of things that we didn't like. Uh, we really enjoyed the character creation and, and the fun sort of wild west of tables to roll on and and this massive galaxy that we could explore uh and then in terms of actual gameplay uh i think one of us was kind of frustrated with the uh very simple resolution mechanic and um we all of us including the game master were very frustrated with the quality of content for actual stories and adventures in the game. Uh, in the end, for a new game master to take the Classic Traveler books and published modules and try to cobble together a game out of that, the modules are absolutely unplayable. Oof. They are written as TV pilots. It's it's a cutscene after cutscene after cutscene, pure unadulterated railroad, and this is done by you know professionals of the '80s and '90s. Um, absolutely horrible for a new game master. Doesn't really teach them how to play at all. It just teaches them how to read boxed text and shuffle players from one location to the next. So um, we've all been there as game masters. So. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy, but but he was like, man, I'm really frustrated this, with this game. And the players were like, hey, that's okay, because the, these, these pre-canned adventures are just not going to work for us. And, uh, and that's the state of it. Uh, really cool system, um, fun to play with, uh, wonderful imaginative setting, but uh, they don't have the right tools to teach a new game master mm. what he needs or she needs to run a successful traveler game because travelers so wide open 
Um, so what you get is a, a bunch of people writing modules who don't know how to play Traveler, and so they end up writing scripts for, you know, 10th season Star Trek episodes. Uh. Uh, which is a shame. Which is a shame. So... Um, the the game master has gone back to the drawing board. He's gonna put. He's gonna spend a little bit of time on a game that's more to his liking, uh, and in the meantime, we're going to step away from Traveler. Uh, but that was fun. I really enjoyed the experiment, despite the frustrations. Uh, and it's always good to hang out with friends. So that was my conclusion. Daddy Warpig, what did you think? Uh, all of the modules that everybody talks about that are so awesome for Traveler are convention modules that were lightly rewritten to be used in campaigns and uh they were not rewritten enough to be used in campaigns um and our game master went over them last night they're basically all you get kidnapped and all your stuff gets taken and then you're forced to do this job and that's just not going to fly with me um or anybody else. Like I said last night, if I wanted to play a game like that, I'd play Dark Sun. And even then, it's only the first two modules. This is a module that came in the original box set and the very first published module that start off like that. You get captured, you get enslaved, all your stuff gets taken. Which I think was stupid because you just spent all your character creation time buying gear. And the very <laughs> first module in the box set is... You get captured, all your gear gets taken. I'm like, why the hell was I trying to buy gear? Literally just spent two hours with five other people buying gear. What the <laughs> hell is this module about? Why didn't we just skip buying gear? Same thing for Traveler. Absolutely. Yeah, you could you could tell that the point of the mo the starting point of the module was you get a bunch of random guys at a convention and you say, okay. So here you are. You have here's your character. You have no stuff. This is your situation. Get out of it. Yeah, and he said all of the characters that they provided for that they provided pre-made characters for all the adventures. So you were not assumed to be playing in a campaign. You were assumed to be playing in a scenario. Mm. Uh, and one shot traveler. I'm just saying. That wasn't what we signed on for. And in a scenario, in a convention, there's going to be, because let's say, you know, you're a convention slot is like four hours. And so you're going to have some railroadiness just to keep the adventure moving. But again, at a table, that just gets frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I think I, it might have been three different modules that I personally decided, screw this, and hit the escape button. And just said, let's get out of this module and go someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just... And none of the modules that were convention modules were really tailored to what Traveler was good for anyway. I mean, I was so ready to go shopping for super high tech on that Law Zero planet. I'm imagining, you know, some kind of planet run by gangs or the mafia or whatever. 
I was like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go to this planet and see what it's like. And we can scout and and just explore and maybe haul, haul small cargoes uh, to see if we can make some money on the side and and try to build up more money. And, and we never got to do it. Nothing, 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 nothing. None of the goals we set for ourselves did we ever get to do. Because of the, and I'm not blaming our game master, who's a great guy and a good friend of mine. I'm blaming the so-called published, these published modules that are so-called the greatest modules of classic traveler. I'm just like, no, I'm out of here. These modules are not, they're not doing it for me. Yep. I mean, we had a goal of heading back to the original planet we're on to get some revenge on the guy who originally screwed us and also getting our money back from the bank. I had 40K in that bank. Yeah. Yeah. Where's my money? We never got to do that. Plus taking a visit to stop by the fop who threw us under the bus. Or at the very least, chickened out and let his dad let his dad throw us under the bus. <laughs> See that editorial uh, comment here. In, in this context, when you're saying a sentence like that, you got to say that fop what threw us under the bus. That fop <laughs> what threw us. You're welcome. He reminds me of the rich kid from Cool Runnings. Who just let his dad tell him what to do. Not when we were by ourselves. Then he seemed like he was calm and in control. And uh, John's character had a big bro crush on him. But then he abandoned us. When we got arrested. Because of, of something he did. Well, I mean, anyone who... Abandons you when you get arrested or something did isn't your friend. And then uh, his dad got him away because he's rich and powerful, and the rest of us got thrown into a black site prison. <laughs> so did they at least have volleyball. No. Oh my god. So we busted out of there real quick. <laughs> But yeah, I would have liked to have made progress towards our goals and then gone and done some exploring and had some fun. But these, the modules that they wrote that they gave to game masters were not well suited for use in a campaign. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. I'm done ranting now. Well, I, I'm not gonna, <clears throat> I'm not gonna get you off the hook yet, Daddy Warpig. How was your week? Anything you want to talk about? Got him. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to think back if I remember most of this week. I don't remember most of this week. 
I've been doing some reading, but nothing I finished yet. Actually, I'm reading a book I've wanted to read for 40 years. If that is a significant accomplishment. Really, just something you had when you were young and you thought, hmm, I'll get around to this one day. And just 40 years later, oh, hey, I can read this. Brian Daly wrote, I think it was the Han Solo trilogy way back in the day. Han Solo at Star's End, Han Solo's Revenge, uh, Han Solo and... Uh, something to do with pirates or a robot army of a old pirate. Yep, Brian. Um, you're finding it. Yeah, you're correct. Um. So he in every single one of those books there was an ad for some other series he had written a two book series called the Doomfarers of Coromod and the star followers of Coromond. And I always wanted to read them. But I never had money to buy them, to read them, in the time where I remembered they existed. And then, for like 30 years, they were out of print and off of shelves. And uh, so I found them on Amazon on Kindle. And uh, this month I had enough money to buy them, and so I'm reading one of them. The first one, when I'm done, I'm going to read the second one. I will say this about Brian Daly. At least these books, they are not quite epic fantasy because the books aren't that long. But they are epic fantasy-esque. They're shorter books in the epic fantasy vein. And in the middle of the book, it's begun to drag. The beginning quarter of the book is about these mages in an epic fantasy world who summon an APC from Vietnam. <laughs> Nice. To fight a 50-foot dragon. Because there's no weapons they have that will defeat it. And that was high action and pretty cool. Uh, and then they send the APC home and things... Uh, and they go on a diplomatic mission to a neighboring kingdom... And things immediately slow down and get lots more boring. So I've hit a slog. I'm struggling through the slog. Well, he should have he should have hired a young Brian Niemeyer to edit that then. <laughs> should. Well, if that's all so, Um also this week. Uh, the last episode of WandaVision came out. So I might 
remember to maybe do a review of that next week? Yeah, I'd like to hear about it. Although I already know that I never want to see it. Um, and I started watching a Japanese miniseries called Alice in Borderland, which uh, is based on a... They said it's a graphic novel, so I imagine it can't have been one of those you know, 180 chapter mangas, uh, that it's a much shorter work. Uh, but it was made into a Japanese TV and Netflix bought the rights to broadcast, you know, streaming in America. Um, I watched the first episode in about 15 minutes of the second one. I'm just really enjoying the hell out of it. Um, so it's about, three friends who get snatched from Tokyo. Uh, everybody in Tokyo disappears. They're just gone. And they're forced to play uh, death games. Blood sports. And if you mess up while you're playing them, well, you die. All right, seems, so like, slowly, uh, seems like a good setup. They're slowly figuring out the situation. They're trying to figure out um, what's happening and gathering information. They're not the only ones this has happened to. So they're meeting up with other game players. And um, there's eight episodes. It looks... It, I don't know, I've just gotten, uh, it satisfies me. <laughs> it's given me pleasure to watch. I find it an enjoyable experience. So I've, I've decided to watch more of it because I enjoy it. You want to make something of it? Yeah, I like it. Uh, so when I'm done watching it, I'll probably do a review of it. And that'll probably be next week, too. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. I, I uh, peeked at the trailer. I peeked at the trailer last night. It looks pretty good. So I'm excited to hear your review. Wait, tell them what you said about the hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the protagonist's hair looks like it was rendered in Unity for Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> it's like, I can't think of a more archetypical Japanese teenager main character hairdo. I can already picture it. Yep. You know exactly what this kid looks like. Uh, tropes are tropes for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, there is a surprisingly large amount of Korean and uh, Indian shows on Netflix right now that have been uh, either subtitled or dubbed into English. Um, and a lot of them are really good. Um, the Kingdom is a South Korean uh, show set during their golden age, their mythical golden age, kind of their equivalent of King Arthur. Um, and they get attacked by zombies. 
Um, so just like sort of um, 28 Days Later set the standard for American zombies for a long time, um, Train to Busan has set the standard for Korean zombies. And so every show, every movie and TV show that's come after that has used the tropes of Train to Busan zombies. So The Kingdom, their zombies are sort of Train to Busan-esque. A lot of the similar physical symptoms and the way they move. It is a series, and I haven't want, been able to see the second season, but it is phenomenal and of course, because it's a historical epic, the costumes are gorgeous. And they're not fighting with guns. They're fighting with arrows and swords. And it's pretty badass. There's a lot of uh, court intrigue and people, you know, pretending to be this and that to try to sway the emperor. And then uh, this curse comes out and... Uh, it's it's quite a spectacular show. I really enjoyed it. I really need to see the second season. Um, and there's one whose name I can't remember that's just brand new. It came out yesterday. Uh, something Home. I told you about this last night. Do you remember what I said the name was? Mm, it's, no. it's not coming to me yet. Um, but they're in a city where... The people are turning into monsters, not zombies, but monsters, you know, long arms with talons on the end and big mouth with teeth and these uh, long brown uh, tubular things coming out of their mouths with that split open, uh, almost like the Demogorgon and Stranger Things, and they're having to survive most of the town turning into these monsters and i haven't watched it but the trailer looked cool um so what i'm finding is if you want to get past um the hang-ups and the wokeness of american tv shows and cinema these foreign uh, or asian shows are, are actually a good way to do it because at least in the ones I'm watching, they're not doing wokeness. Uh, in the first episode of, of um, the Tokyo death game show at Alice in Borderland, the girl, the one female is a treacherous, treacherous wench. She suggests to get through the death maze that instead of trying to figure out which door to use and running across a trap, that they just sacrifice one person every door. Oh my god. They use pick a door throw somebody through if they die well that was the wrong door and if they don't die well congratulations 50-50 chance question treacherous wench or old school D&D &D gamer um 
well, an old school D&D gamer in the real world as a person you have to deal with <laughs> is pretty treacherous. Funny thing is the main character is a video gamer. And what gives him the edge in all these uh, all these games, all of these death games, is that he's really good at putting clues together and figuring out what the implicit rules of the game are. Because they're not told what all the rules governing it is. They're not told, okay, why is this door the right door? Why was that door the wrong door? So, And, and for anybody, just for the benefit of anybody who has not ever played games before, that is one uh -huh. of the most satisfying things about playing games, is figuring out the rules. So, uh, he's sharp, he's observant, he's intelligent, and he's the one who you know, has been figuring these out as they go along. Um, which is part of the reason why it's satisfying. The guy isn't a doofus. In fact, you've got three guys who aren't doofuses, have their own personalities, their own strengths, their own weaknesses. Even the treacherous wench has her own personality. Um, so, yeah, it was... It was enjoyable and avoided modern tropes that you'd have to get inundated with and I, I think that's one of the reasons I'm yesterday I went on a adding frenzy on Netflix and just added I think 20 or 30 shows and movies many of which were if not most of which were foreign language films or Asian films so I could watch something that didn't aggravate the crap out of me. That's a but sad so statement. <laughs> I know, right? Indict the entire Western offerings. Why not? So, that's probably a good segue into our most prized guest, Brian Let me Niemeyer. answer Impreb's so, question. He wants to know what show what was show it? Was it? Um, Alice in Borderland. It's on Netflix. Based on a Japanese... Uh, they called it a graphic novel, so I don't think it was a manga. Um... And it is a Japanese production. It was scripted, directed, acted, uh, all by Japanese. But you're right. We should transition to our guest, and that's a perfect transition to our guest. Too late. Empreb spoiled it. Do we have a Do we have a mod? Let's ban Empreb. <laughs> I got too easy on him. Hey Brian, uh, welcome back to the show. How was your week? Busy, but uh, enriching and rewarding in many senses. That's the best possible answer. Okay, we're done. <laughs> All right, not everybody. Yeah. 
As the, our listeners probably know, but just for the record, I launched my crowdfunder for Combat Frame XC Double S. That is going on as we speak. Let me uh, get that up for those of you hanging out on YouTube. Let me get that up on the screen to share. And it's already... It's already hit its goal, right? It hit not only its initial funding goal to guarantee the book gets made on day one, it hit that and our first stretch goal on day one. It's um, our fastest across laps one and two since I've been crowdfunding. So thanks to all our awesome backers who already did that. But we are far from done yet. I always go into these ventures with plenty of exciting stretch goals on the back burner, uh, ready to get off the bench into the game. So right now, uh, over the last few days, we've been polling to let readers decide which bleeding edge combat frames they want featured on our fifth series of fan favorite Exceed trading cards. And the poll results are up. Uh, we just completed the fourth round yesterday, so you can look at the updates on the campaign page and see which mechs are uh, going to be your fifth series trading cards. And the trading cards will become real when we hit $3,000. Uh, as you can see, we're close, so get in there and put some sweet perks and help support indie science fiction. And for Bradford, yes, we have t-shirts. Uh, John, if you would, show them the t-shirts. Let's take a look at this. Feather down a little bit. Big Combat Frame XC t-shirts with that awesome uh, cover on it. Can you guys see that? There's a bit of a delay. There you go. You're, you're a bit of a delay. I mean, yeah. You're a cigarette. <laughs> there we go. Bradford was looking for t-shirts. Bradford, you get t-shirts. What sizes? Uh, SS, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, right now I've got it set for uh, small to 3X. And in multiple colors. You can actually... like if. We can show them, because if you actually click on the perk as if to claim it, then the menu pops up to select your size and colors. We can show them what's on offer. Cool. Yeah. Color. Ooh, we've got different colors. I like that because I, uh, speaking as most gamers, I have all the black t-shirts I will ever want in my life. Yeah, right. Uh, does the Does the preview change? Ooh, I'd, I'd love to see a preview of that if that's possible. Does we'd have to, we'd have to go to the actual uh, T-shirt printer's website to show you that. Okay. But uh, yeah, I mean it's black, white, light gray, dark gray, and navy blue, and red. Blue. Yep. Ooh. I love that. I think uh, I think I would probably get that on the. Navy. Yeah, plus, as you can see, it comes with absolutely all the ebooks. So you get the whole series to date, including the new one with this. And that's how you that's how you structure all your perks, right? Like you 
if you if you send a couple of bucks to the campaign, you get the ebook, and every perk above that, you get the ebooks in addition to what you're paying for. Is that right? That is right. Yeah, everybody who backs it gets uh, the rewards from the first perk, which is exceed S and double S. Oh, and looks like you'll looks like you'll some, sign some copies if you want. Yep, offering signed paperbacks, and we're adding new perks pretty much every day. Pretty much every day. So the t-shirt's the latest perk. That's right. And in terms of old fan favorite perks, we have one, only one build a mech left. Those went really fast this time. Yeah, I would know something about that. Full disclosure, I have backed this campaign, and you're going to get another Dornal mech out of this one. I think you're going to get a. I think you're going to get another uh, traditional mech with the with the John Twist. So I think it'll be it'll be more like Reaper and less like Harvester, for those of uh, you keeping score. But we've already begun our, we've already begun our uh, negotiations on that. So you knew that. I did. In fact, I'm also uh, confabbing with the two other BAM backers to uh, hash out their designs. So this is going to be fun. Uh, so far, we've had one custom character and, and one custom character death claimed. So. Oh. Yeah. Those are going, but uh, they're still available. Be, be, be killed in a book. Uh, always popular. Hope you guys are okay out there. <laughs> but if you need help working through any personal problems, I'm here for you. <laughs> I will help. So I know we, we've asked this before, but n nobody ever puts their enemy or their spouse or, or someone or their friend as to be killed in a book. They all buy the perk and put themselves to be killed. Is that right? No, that is not right. I've I've had people put family members. Okay, okay, that makes sense. They'd be like, "Hey, dude, I look, I put you in the book. Oh, that's awesome! Thank you." And they read it and they go, "Oh, hey, <laughs> that's a great gag." If if I weren't so into building mechs, I would probably have claimed that perk by now. Um, I'd love to so see what you do with it. It's I'm too. Talk about traveler. <laughs> Dark side. It's cool D and D. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna come up with some gruesome deaths. So I love Dark Sun. I mean, it's it it is why to this day, when I'm buying equipment for my characters, I just get like my main weapon and then procure everything else on site. Because yeah, it's a coin flip chance that everything's just gonna get stolen anyway. <laughs> yep. Like, okay, yep. I'm a fighter, I'm going to buy my sword. I'm a barbarian, I'm going to buy an axe. I'm, I'm a clerk, I'm going to buy a mace. And then I'm just going to let the rest of the chips fall where they may. That's <laughs> pro probably because if you're in a traditional game where you start in the gold rush town, you can buy all your equipment there. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, we got a great question from Rawl. Uh, I haven't seen you in the chat in a while, dude. Welcome back. By any chance, are, are you still working your way towards making a manga or an animation? Well, that's obviously the dream, isn't it? Because as much as I love novel writing, I, I am a novelist. I, I think anyone who does an anime 
inspired property dreams of seeing it animated or or at least in manga form and yeah i'm exploring possibilities i've always got feelers out uh, doing a ton of research so we'll we'll see what develops i mean uh it's all up to you guys the readers and backers uh i will say that animation is incredibly expensive it's like okay here um Here's a basic rundown of the starting capital needed for each of the major expansions into other media that fans have requested for Combat Frame X Seed. So, first of all, a manga. Okay, we're, we're talking comics. Well, that means I need to compensate an artist. like, And I need to make sure I've, I've got this compensation up front for... like at least one book, right? But I, ideally, enough, we're talking manga, we, we do a run of it. So I would basically need to increase my funding by one order of magnitude over what I'm doing now. I mean, look, look at uh, my buddy John Delarose and his comic projects, right? I mean, he's, he's bringing in, like, mid-five figures. And that's, that's to do one comic. So I'd need to hit that. For like gunpla or action figures, we're probably talking somewhere in around the same territory, maybe a, a little less, because you know you've got to get the molds made and even three D printing. It's it's less expensive than the old old way, but it, it it's not free, obviously, and you know you've, you've got to pay designers to come up with, uh, like, like, turn Art Anon's lovely 2D concept art into 3D models that they can use, then use to cast the figs. So, yeah, that'd probably be in the same territory. And then in terms of animation, we are talking six figures, like, even to do, a, like, a test. Like if, like, if we're talking the kind of, the kind of quality that uh, I, I would demand. Yeah, we're we're talking six figures like to do a pilot. Sure. It, yeah, which isn't impossible. I mean, I mean, look, Alt Hero and stuff has done that. Um, some of the Comic Skate guys have, have done seven figures. So it can be done, but I mean, again, one step at a time. We, we are on an ascending trajectory here. Each campaign has done better than the last, and this is our fastest funding yet. So, yeah, keep your, keep your eyes on the prize, but uh, the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, and uh, we are thankfully a few steps in, but we got a ways to go. But uh, you know, I'm enjoying the journey with all of you. Do you think that maybe it, you'll benefit more from having a large library to pull from by the time you? reach that point in the journey? Oh, you, you always do. That's something that my buddy, author David V. Stewart, has recently been emphasizing, which is a big misconception that weighs down a lot of new authors is this wagey mindset that everybody's inculcated with from kindergarten on, which is 
how do you earn money? Well, you get up in the morning and you go to this big building at 9 a.m. and you punch a clock and then you stay there for eight hours and then you punch out and you do that five times and then on Friday you get a paycheck. So it's immediate reward that is clearly related to a certain quantity of work, right? And that that's the wage earner model. And that's fine. That's how the vast majority of people put food on the table. That's not how creatives put food on the table. Because when you're an author or an animator or a musician or a photographer or a painter, you then move from the labor side of the equation to the capital side of the equation. You're an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs don't get paid up front. We get paid last. We've got to pay all of our employees and our contractors first. So the the absolute wrong way to think of writing a book is, oh, well, I put in you know, 100 man hours on this book, so therefore I expect a certain hourly compensation for it. Like, no, what, what you're doing is the work you're putting in on the book is you're making an investment in time and money in terms of the editing and the cover. But you want to think of a book as wealth, not income necessarily. Like, yeah, it can be an income stream, but chances are your first book is not going to make you a lot of money right away. But each book you put out there is like buying another hotel in Monopoly, basically. Right? It's another property, an intellectual property that you have out there that you're sending out to generate income for you and with every book you release onto the market, you are snowballing your total investments and eventually it'll build up to return. So that that's the way to think of book publishing. I can see that. So now that we're on that tangent, I must ask, what's the trick to getting to the point where you get enough of a return that you can focus on that full time. The trick is, I, I will just repeat what every author from Stephen King to friend of the show Larry Korea uh, agrees on: Do not quit your day job until your writing income not only meets but surpasses your salary from the day job. Fair. That, that is when, yeah. Because all the expenses that are paid by your day job, you're going to have to pay. Right. Health insurance comes out of your pocket now. So you can't just make the same amount of money you're making at your day job. Right. Yeah, so you got to be making more. I mean, plus all the uh, all, all the expenses allowed you to do your job at work that your boss paid for, you now also have to pay for. So, you know, you need your your own PC and laptop, and you need your your own office supplies and your own desk chair. I mean, things that people never think about. So that's just a little glimpse into the 
the business end of, of writing, which uh, which is a business. If you're not going to treat it like a business, uh, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, although you bring up an interesting point that I've been thinking of myself, which is a lot of people who work in office jobs or uh, particularly in high tech, we've been working from home for the past year. And... I can tell you from experience, not having your home set up for that type of work presents a challenge. Like you, you need to you need to cut out a section of your life of your of your living space. You know, you can buy an office, but you need to you need to have that separate workspace that's deliberately for that thing that's comfortable for you, where you can spend all day. Um, and it it's not probably best if it's not the same place you play. Yeah, it, exactly. That was one important insight that dramatically increased my productivity was I have a, a room in my house set aside that is my office and yeah, I've got to put everything else. i got to put uh, all the video game consoles and all, all the fun stuff, all the comics in other rooms. And in fact, I, I get up and... I get dressed in business casual. Like I, I throw on the, the the nice jeans and the, the polo shirt and walk down the hall to my office. I'm like, okay, I'm at work. Wow. And I got to get into that mindset. And then it, it really does work. Cuts down the distractions. I'll get there one day. Yeah. Find that letter. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, as an aside... The uh, the West Coast tech um, environment has completely ruined that. There's there's probably a generation and a half or two generations of workers who have known nothing but casual at work. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not great. It's great, but also every once in a while you forget you're at work. Yeah. Um, so I want to know a little bit more about the Xseed projects that you just finished up. You actually just wrapped up the last campaign with the last uh, bonus perk for everybody, which was the short story. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? I could tell you all about that. Yeah. So last time I offered two short story stretch goals. There was, the first one, I believe, was a short story, and then one of the latter ones was another short story. And I'm doing that again. Uh, I already have, actually. So the, the first stretch goal we unlocked this time for Double S is an all-new exclusive Comet Frame Xseed short story, which all backers now get for free. So that's, that's the other thing we forgot. Whenever you back the project, not only do you get both S and Double S in ebook guaranteed, you also will now get a free short story, no matter what you back. So I'm already committed to that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, trying to add uh, value for everybody's money. So you're going to get those. And honestly, if, if you ask anybody, I mean, ask, ask Chad, ask the people who've read my short stories. People love them. In fact, some say that in an apples or oranges kind of way, in, in their own way, they're more enjoyable than the books just because the fun is so concentrated like on like one pressure point right yeah uh but yeah the most recent short story i did 
Uh, so I released one. I fulfilled one of the short story perks for the previous campaign. Uh, I think at like the end of January. Or no, sorry, it was for Christmas because it was a little. I wanted to get it done to, as a Christmas present for my backers. So at least one on Christmas, and then the other one at the very end of last month. And I had a ton of fun writing those two. I read the the one you just came out with last month. I really enjoyed it. I want to make a I want to make a comment, and I I wonder if it's something that you've thought about deliberately is that I feel like in this last story you really you you completely took your own advice and wasted no words at all. Um, I hate to use a cliche, but it, it felt really tight. Um, the the story there's I, I didn't feel like I was reading any wasted time or or wasted words or anything like that. Um, is that uh, was that a deliberate decision for the story, or it, it, was it more of a natural consequence of your um, practice at writing or editing? Well, it's, it's both. Because I, I'm, an, I'm a meticulous outliner and architect, so everything that's in one of my books of stories is there because I want it to be. Down, like down to every punctuation point. Okay. So yeah, it, it I, was, can't, I can't even imagine that. Like my my brain can't. I can't wrap my brain around that idea. You you have a for often as often as we're on the same wavelength, Brian. You have a completely alien mind to me. <laughs> well, you know they say great minds think alike, and as you pointed out, we think nothing alike. <laughs> Wait, what? Nothing. Oh, son cool. of a gun! Walked right into that one. Um, yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed it, not just for the, the story itself. I thought the story was really enjoyable, but um, I noticed that about the writing. So and anybody who's been reading your stuff would probably see what I saw in there, or I, I hope they would. Um, I mean, feel free to discuss the, the, the plot of the characters or details or action of it. I mean, it's... Uh... I don't think spoilers are, are too much of a, a problem. Oh, spoilers? Well, I think you, you can you, do it. Spo- I, I think. I mean, I think you can do it spoiler free. I, I trust you to be able to do trust that. me to do it spoiler free. People. Oh, it's a. How do I put it? It's a great little. I want to say, it's it's definitely an action story featuring some of the. Uh, one of the lesser-known characters, and I, I believe this is a brand-new character that you've introduced, and it's it's sort of a, a view into some of the I don't want to say antagonists, but it's a different it's a look at some different characters, and the story itself is a tightly paced uh, military operation. It's sort of your classic personnel extraction uh, complete with you know stealth, surveillance brutal killing and and action and it just 
once the characters are introduced and the scenario set up, the action just doesn't stop until the very end. And in case you were wondering, yes, Brian Niemeyer won't let you get away without a twist ending, which, uh, well, you just got to read that. I, that's my best attempt at spoiler free. That was beautiful, man. John Dacre's got John Dacre's got a, a little extra spoiler for us. Yes, a uh, a strange marsupial creature is invoked during the uh, story. Brooks isn't going to get it though. He had his chance. He blew it. He oh, blew well. it. Is the the uh, the the hint I was going for there, but didn't want to make too overt, is that uh, that is the platypus's origin story wrapped up in F-Cell Encore. Like, you you find out the reason for the platypus, if you read between the lines. Uh-huh. Yes. See, I'm still not a careful enough reader. I think I, I think I know what part you're talking about, but I didn't stop to think about it. Yeah. Well, keep, keep in mind, uh, let's think about this. So, how did Heather first make contact with Brooks? Like, what were her first attempts to get his attention? Um... The very beginning. Oh! Like, right in scene one. Right in scene one, there is a... There's some sort of... Oh! There's some sort of... uh, She tried to get his attention, he was... Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It was... The, the delivery, yeah. I mean, she. Oh, was that the was that the scene one? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, there's there's a delivery, and he's like, "Hey, this is I didn't order anything. This, this someone's messing with me," and he was trying to figure out who it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that that's what she did. She ordered stuff and uh, sent it to him as a prank. And then oh. later on, he like pisses her off. She's like, "Well, you're not getting the platypus." He's like, "The what?" Never mind. <laughs> so initially, it wasn't for her, but she just fell in love and decided to keep it. Decided to keep it. So it was a prank that uh, that kind of turned on itself. That's funny. I I I fully admit I still don't get the uh, I still don't get the whole thing. But uh, she's a fun character. Actually, seeing her in action, so. I guess I guess you can put me on the team. I'm I'm looking forward to more. Emmett Fritz fits you miscorrected me. They're monotremes, not marsupials. Whatever that means. Yeah. But yeah, uh no, we will be seeing more of, of Heather in book two. Uh as the teaser at the end of book one hinted, uh she's gonna come more into the limelight, although never to hog it. So that's not her style. We're still gonna see plenty of the, the Guardian Angels, plenty of Neck battles, but also yeah, per- perhaps, perhaps platypus. Like perhaps. A little more platypus than last time. Perhaps platypus. Oh, can can I spoil the surprise about Heather's combat frame? If you want, it's a, it's a all to you. Balls in your court. Okay. Um, I so I want to I want to point this out. Catholic Lancer says, looking forward to more Heather and SS. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be looking forward to more of Heather's custom combat frame because that's gonna be a, a Doranal design. That's right. Uh, Pax has teamed up with uh, Squirrel Industries 
to, uh, to give Heather her own custom comment frame. And I, I really dig what, what John has, uh, has pitched to me so far. I think you guys will do. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna work out the details over the next week and uh, and get you some solid solid. Well, yeah, I I know I want to put the poison spur in it, John. I know we'll figure something out. There's <clears throat> we'll talk to Brian about the history and the details and everything like that and and the I can't say enough good things about the Bildemek backer. I repeat myself every time we talk about this, but. I think it's great for the a reader to sit down with you, the author, and just have a conversation for an hour or so about the reader's ideas, thoughts, and dreams, and have Brian make that happen in the story and the and what makes it really what ties it together is you get that custom artwork where Ardenon puts it in color and you say, Wow, yeah, that's a great vision. I can't wait to read about it. And then you read about it later. Um, it makes it uh, it makes reading the book a lot more enjoyable, it makes it a lot more personal. Um, it's the coolest perk ever. What a great idea! Oh, I'm delighted that you guys enjoy it, and then again. There's one left, folks, so if you want to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, oh yes, I'm a mech designer, Jim. If you, if you want to be like John, get in there, claim that last one, and help us unlock the trading cards. Let's make Series 5 trading cards real. Go ahead, build that mech. Because I'm not going to buy two. Sorry, Brian. I'm not buying two. I'm just doing one. Yeah, that's fine. Let's uh, Let's leave one for somebody else. <laughs> Someone will claim it. It's it's the coolest perk. Um, any um, while we're back on the perks, have there have any other perk claims? Any other interesting perk claims besides the build a mech? Any anything that we should be looking for? Oh, well, all of them. But at the very end of the list, I've got a special one. My you goodness! Always want, you always want a platinum tier. Story commission. For, whoa, giving up my personal information. I almost got doxxed there. Oh, don't want that. Can we edit this in post? Oh, no, we're live. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, that's on the internet forever. You might might get some visitors now. Maybe I get some packages that's not just junk mail for once. Perhaps you will get the platypus. I don't know. (laughs) Lucky you. So, yeah, I will write a short story for you. It, it's as simple as that. Um, it doesn't have to be in the Comet Frame X Seed universe. Could be, could be the Soul Cycle. Could be the Hymn of the Pearl universe. Could be something completely original. But uh, I will take your commission as your client. You'll be my patron in this venture. And... Uh, yeah, $1,000 gets you your very own short story written by a number one best-selling Dragon Award-winning author to your specifications, subject to approval. And if you so decide, I will even publish it, although I do retain all rights to the story, but I will definitely credit you 
by whatever handle you choose. Again, not to dox anyone. I don't dox it like John dox himself. Again, unless you want. But yeah. We own short story. Go get it. There's that only one. Great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I know that there are thousands and thousands of people out there who quote unquote have a story to tell. Everybody and does. Everybody does. And maybe maybe they just need to have Brian Niemeyer write it for them. <laughs> well, I have a little uh, inside knowledge here. You guys really wouldn't believe how many books are ghostwritten. I think I'd be surprised, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not just... I mean, and of course, every book that comes out with, like, a uh, hot new political candidate uh, of the month on it, uh, we all know that those guys aren't writing their own books, right? Those, right. those are all ghostwritten. But that's it's a lot more than that, because... Uh, like, honestly, yeah, there are people with something to say, with expertise to share, with a story to tell, who just don't have the time to write a book. And they realize that any problem that uh, can't be solved with time can be solved with money. So they, they hire someone like me to uh, write it for them. So that's why I'm offering you guys. And honestly, at a highly competitive rate, because, um, yeah, if you want to know what most... Uh, Ghostwriters get paid, add two zeros onto that perk. Wow. Yeah. Oh, snap. You you just got roll in your book, buddy. Thanks, roll. Thank you. All right. Oh, I cannot wait to put roll <laughs> in the XC universe. Are, are you ready to strap in, roll? Are, are you ready to get launched from a hypersonic catapult? into the black of space to uh, defend mankind. Service guarantee citizenship. So, so there we go. Roll is now a citizen of the UCP. Ready to be blasted into the space for the greater good. Yeah, email me. We'll talk about awesome. this. Awesome. I'll build this mech for him. Uh, thank you, sir. I am, I'm all kinds of excited. <laughs> hey, uh, so we're, we're just over an hour, so I'd like to open up if the chat has any other additional questions. Um, go ahead and ask them now before we wrap up. And while we wait for the chat to type, uh, Daddy Warpig, do you have any other questions or comments for Brian? Got him. All right, Brian, what about you? Anything you want to, anything you need to talk about or need to add? Yes. Comedy Frame XC Double S is live now on Indiegogo. We are charging toward our next stretch goal of your Series 5 Comet Frame trading cards with art by my awesome concept artist Ardenon and my talented cover artist Ares. So get in there. And uh, I see it doesn't hit, hit refresh because we got a new total. Thanks to all. Ooh, let's do that. Let's do the Jerry Lewis telethon thing. Show me potato salad. Ding, ding. 28.50. We're so close to that next goal. And and remind me what the next goal is. The next goal is trading cards will become real. They will become available as a perk. So you get a lovely set of four glossy 
trading cards, each one featuring a comment frame that you chose, chose in reader pool. And we're, we're going to make those available. And then uh, now that I, I know we uh, have public interest in the trading cards, I'm going to start making uh, the, the back inventory of s certain select previous trading cards available as perks. So keep your eye on that. But then that will also unlock our next super secret stretch goal, which you guys are going to love. Uh, last time, the Comet Frame Tech Guide went like gangbusters. It, it was super popular. I've got something just as cool, if, if not more so, that people have been clamoring for even more. And I will say this, it is going to be another bonus novel-length book. Whoa. Dealing with the XSeed universe. Yeah. And it's something people have been asking for. That's all I'm going to say to figure out what it is. You're going to have to get this to 300%, percent 3000 dollars you have to unlock the next stretch goal. Well, that's well within reach. Hey, we did get one question from the chat. I'm not going to pretend to understand it. Catholic Lancer asks, does SS tie more into S or Z-Strike? Double S is going to tie more into Z-Strike. But they, they I, all tie in. I, I should know what that means. Because Z-Strike's... Uh, part of the story but that's that's going to be uh the third novel so the this uh second xe trilogy i'm doing the, the titles of the books are part one is comet frame xe s part two is comet frame xe double s and part three is going to be comet frame z strike xe <laughs> i'm never going to be able to keep track of all of them but i i do enjoy everything i've read thanks uh to answer his question a bit better uh, so I can already tell you right now that double S is going to pick up like right where S left off. And then Z strike is going to pick up like exactly where double S left off. So unlike the, the previous series where sometimes there'd be like decades between books, not like the S arc takes place over like the same couple of months. So it's going to be more like the relationship between, Coalition Year 40, and CY 42nd coming. It's going to be bam, 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 continuous action. Got it. Oh, I'm yeah. a fan of continuous action. Yeah, and yes, Ardon points out that I do have RPG and card games um, in the XC universe in development. In development with some of the awesome people in chat right now, as a matter of fact. But again, I'm not going to dox them unless they want. That's That's one of those... Uh, steps you're you're looking forward to making in the near future on that ultimate goal on that path that you're on. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know, stay tuned. You're, you're going to be seeing some news on both of those real soon. Love it, love it. Okay, let's get back to DW. DW, did you have any other last questions or anything for Brian? Probably, but. Uh... Well, you already asked your important theological question offline before the show, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, I'm cool. You, I, think you're, I think you're cooler than Cool Daddy or Big. I, don't, I think you're selling yourself short there. And I mean that. But, uh, well, then, 
then I'm done. Thanks for coming on, Brian. And uh, it was fun chatting with everybody in chat. And I hope everybody uh, listening later enjoyed the show. And uh, if that uh, Indiegogo campaign is still up, jump on. And if it's finished by the time you're listening to this, uh, get yourself an awesome book. Because we're big, we're big fans of Brian Niemeyer around here. But I'm done for this week, Daddy. We're pig. The floor is yours. Well, I too would like to thank everybody who came in and listened live, uh, especially those who participated in the chat. Um, we have a great chat every single time we do a live show. Uh, we also want to thank everyone who's going to listen to the show later. Our no doubt staunch, intelligent, and superiorly sexy fans of Geek Gab. Uh, you can catch us on youtube.com slash geekgab. That's youtube.com slash geekgab for the live show or for the instant replay. Or you can catch us on soundcloud.com, the iTunes store, or on the Google Play store. Just do a search for geekgab. We are there for you to listen on the device of your choice. We are signing off for today, folks. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.